0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 154 of the Sustainable Minimalists podcast. It is just about that time of year again where we start looking ahead to the new year. If you are like me, you may have found yourself thinking about the goals you'd like to accomplish in 2021 recently. Enter your New Year's resolution. Now, I love resolutions. January 1st is the perfect time to hone in on your goals and start fresh, right? But New Year's resolutions tend to be self-serving don't they? Lose five pounds, eat more vegetables, go to bed earlier. Humans as a species tend to be centered around the self. And so it's no surprise then that in December, when we're planning our resolution for January, we often choose one that benefits the individual. My guest today argues that perhaps the reason why resolutions are notorious for failure is because we tend to be too self-centered when we choose our resolution. He argues, too, that perhaps 2021 could be the year where we try something different by choosing a New Year's resolution that benefits the collective. Now, my resolution for 2021 is to crack down on my trash production when I'm out of the home once and for all. I am pretty darn good at not using a lot of plastic and not creating a lot of waste at home, but all my efforts tend to fly out the window when I'm running errands or when I'm on vacation, and that's because I'm not around the low-waste systems that I have set up in my house. It's so common for me. It's more common than I even want to admit on this podcast, but it is common for me to forget to bring enough water, so I have to stop and buy water in a plastic bottle, or I didn't bring enough snacks for my kids, so I have to stop and get a granola bar in single-use packaging so that they don't complain that I'm starving them. So my resolution for 2021 is to finally get my trash production under control when I'm outside of the house. And because this is my resolution, because this is my goal, I had a very specific person I wanted to talk to about New Year's resolutions, and that person is Corey Noble. He is one of the founders of Impact Snacks. Now, if you have never heard of Impact Snacks before, really quick, Impact Snacks makes plant-based snack bars in compostable packaging. Corey is really leading the next generation of change makers by Making compostable packaging mainstream. So on the first part of today's episode, Corey and I discuss why exactly 2021 is the perfect time to adopt less of a personal resolution and more of an eco-friendly interpersonal one instead. We're getting into the science behind how to make your resolution stick. And by the way, if you're on board with attempting an eco-resolution in January, but you don't know which one to choose, I have listed some of my best suggestions for novices, intermediates, and advanced sustainable minimalists in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 154. Now, in the second part of today's show, Corey and I chat about Impact Snacks We talk about why he and his co-founder, at 20 years old, started the business. We are geeking out over plant-based polymers and compostable packaging. And we're getting into the why. Why, if the innovation is there, why is it then that almost all the other snack companies on the market are still using single-use disposable plastic? This interview is a good one. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the interview.
1: I am a former student from the Boston metro area, um, 20 years old, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Impact Snacks. And we make everyday snacking sustainable, and we're trying to change the way people look at single-use products.
0: Well, I want to thank you right off the bat for sending me a couple bars. They were delicious. Even my very picky three-year-old loved them. But New Year's is almost here. We're all so excited for 2021 because... I think I speak for all of humanity when I say that 2020 wasn't so hot. Do you have a eco friendly New Year's resolution planned for January first?
1: Mine's a little bit uh, a little bit weird because I, I you know I, I know generally that my New Year's resolution is going to be rooted in kind of the little things I can do uh, to be a bit more sustainable here and there, um, and you know just be kinder to the planet and you know, what I'm juggling with is the many ways that I can do that though, right? So, on one hand, I want to uh, cut my carbon footprint in half. Um, I want to have uh, a 100% plant-based diet, six out of seven days of the week. So there's a lot of uh, little things I can do there, but just the total number of little changes I make that are actually consistent and something that I can stay with uh, is something that I'm really gonna be gunning for. So I guess in short, there's, there's I want I want to make three uh, little uh, but consistent changes that I think in total will will have my footprint and at the same time educate friends and family to, you know, hopefully encourage them to, to, you know, kindly do the same.
0: The majority of my listeners, if not all of my listeners, are green-leaning. They want to do what they can to help the planet, but a lot of them don't know where to start. So when we think about resolutions, the most popular, the most common resolution that, you know, most people or many people take on is to lose weight, why do you think that many of us in 2021 should maybe step away from the lose weight or go to bed earlier or those type of resolutions and really hone in on what we can do for the planet?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that comes from kind of looking at what a New Year's resolution is. And traditionally, a lot of people have used New Year's resolutions, uh, for better or for worse, to make self-improvements. But I think what we're seeing, to, you know, Day by day, uh, you know, just more and more is that the best way to, 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 well, one, the easiest way to be happy is by giving to others and, uh, by improving the lives of others. And the best way to create individual impact is to create, a collective impact. Cause it's, it's, it's just kind of true that, um, when, when people as cliche as it sounds kind of band together to do something to, to, you know, unite for this common cause, you know, you can really move the needle. So instead of, kind of looking inwardly and and saying, what can I do that maybe boosts self-image? What can I do that would make maybe make me feel a little bit better about myself? Say, what can I do for other people or something even bigger than that for for the planet, for nature, that in turn will, of course, make me a better, happier person?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of preaching to the choir by asking you that question because the people listening to this show are already community-minded and they're already looking outside of themselves uh, as to how to help. But I totally hear what you're saying with regard to everybody doing their part, right? When we all do what we can in the season of life that we're in, that's when change occurs. Change occurs by lots of people doing their best. So I totally agree with that. But I have to ask you, out of all of the sustainable resolutions that are coming to mind, there's probably a hundred I could come up off, off the top of my head. Where do you suggest we all start? How do you choose one?
1: Yeah. It's a tricky question because one, one thing I, I I struggle with a little bit is always, you know, historically, at least biting off more than I can chew, you know, and I I really do think it comes down to consistency. So like what what little change can you make uh, that for sure is a positive change that can kind of compound day by day, right? So um, whether it's like, okay, I take a, a, I take a walk every single day. On that walk, I see pieces of trash. Unfortunately, I don't always pick up the trash. Um, well, if I, maybe if I pick up just three pieces every single day on my walk, what's that sum total? It's all about what little change can be repeated and become consistent and become almost habit or become almost like part of your flow instead of looking at just, you know, what's like the most popular way to create impact or what is the most obvious way to create impact, right? Because it might be obvious that reforestation in the Amazon is a really important thing, but how many people living in the middle of, say, uh, New York or Chicago can can realistically contribute to that? Not many, but how many of those people can pick up litter in the middle of New York or Chicago? And collectively, is that also a problem that needs to be solved right along, uh, alongside things like reforestation? So Consistency is the name of the game, and uh, baby steps are still steps. When you put them all together, it's uh, it create creates some leaps. So that that that's my philosophy, at least.
0: I totally hear you when you say that baby steps are still steps, and I would even take that a step further and say that when you're choosing your goals for 2021, it's super important to meet yourself where you're at. So if you are just getting started. Living a greener lifestyle, you are not going to want to commit to some lofty goal because you haven't worked up to it yet. You're not there yet. So, splitting goals or splitting resolutions into beginner, intermediate, and advanced steps seems very smart to me. And you choose one that fits where you're at currently. But What would you say to listeners who would argue, I'm already doing everything I can. I have been on this journey for decades. There's no way for me to improve upon what I'm already doing. Do you have any suggestions for those listeners?
1: Absolutely. And and I think it starts with education, right? So if, if you're someone who's already going out of their way to do great things, I'm sure you know a lot of people, probably people you love, that maybe aren't at least doing the same level of or creating the same level of impact. So maybe start by finding that person that might be a little bit more stubborn and saying, Hey, try this this weekend or go with them. Say, uh, let's go on a hike. Let's go here. I'm sorry. All my examples are going to lead back to going on walks or hikes, but, um, you know, walk a dog with a friend and on that walk, say, Hey, pick up that piece of trash or, or maybe you do it. Lead by example. Um, You know, social contracts are are really important and dictate a lot of what we do collectively. So being uh, like a supporting uh, unit that can kind of like uphold social contracts among friends when they make these commitments to be sustainable is also a big piece of that. kind of say some of this because, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, and I'll admit this freely, I wasn't a very eco-conscious person. And it wasn't because... I didn't care if someone had asked me, "Hey, do you want to contribute to climate change or this or that?" Of course I would have said no, but I didn't I just didn't know enough and if you don't know you can't act, right? And it was only after a lot of really amazing people shared a lot of insights with me and a lot of personal experiences, you know, along with a lot of primary research uh, that I did, that my eyes really opened up to how big this problem is and how important environmental sustainability is. So Education, uh, if you're already there, is something that you should strive to share with others. Mm.
0: If you're an advanced listener and you don't think that you can cut any more plastic out or reduce your carbon footprint anymore, I would argue that those advanced strategies therefore become about education and advocacy, taking your efforts outside of your home, outside of your sphere, and leading with your knowledge and experience, bringing others into the movement The next thing that comes to my mind when I think about (laughs) New Year's resolutions is the fact that by February, maybe March, they tend to fail, especially in my life. My motivation tends to dwindle in February and March. I can get through January, but it's all downhill from there. So let's talk about how we can make our 2021 resolutions stick. What tips do you have for us?
1: Yeah. So I, I mentioned social contracts before. They're, they're really, really important. And what that means, there's a, there's a really uh, interesting entrepreneur, Naval Ravikant, who, who kind of talks about the importance of these social contracts. And I'll do a probably a poor job of trying to paraphrase some of what he said. But when, when you're going to make a, a serious change, right, it's one thing to tell yourself that. And if you just tell yourself and you're not willing to share it with uh your kind of inner circle or then maybe maybe your peers at work and and then maybe your social feed on Facebook and if it's just yourself, and you're probably not that serious about it if you're then willing to share it with some friends and family, well okay, maybe maybe you're a little bit more serious about it, but if you make the commitment to then share it with a lot of people that you interact with on a daily basis, then it kind of creates this this external pressure that can kind of you know keep you honest right and keep you true to what you know that intention that you set. And these social contracts are set all the time. So I say all this to say that when you use the power of community in some less obvious ways and you create these social contracts, your friends and peers can really hold you accountable. And again, it's not holding you accountable to something you don't want to do, because remember, you're the one who originally sets that intention. I just think it's really important to to keep that in mind and use that to your advantage because, you know, we're we're community minded beings and it's the best way to make sure that follow through is is maintained.
0: I used to be a teacher and in the classroom, you know, we had to make goals for the lesson, for the unit, and we used SMART goals. And if nobody listening knows what a SMART goal, SMART is an acronym for a specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely goal. And as I was preparing for this interview, I thought to myself, Holy moly, why do we all not, when we're making these goals for an entire year of our life, why are we not really sitting down and making a plan, just as I did as a teacher? So make your goal specific instead of, let's say, rely less on plastic. That's a very non specific goal. Really hone in on that goal by saying, rely on less plastic when I'm out of the house by packing my snacks and my water at home. That would be much more specific. And then measure it. Measure your success. See if you're actually cutting down on plastic by weighing your trash. Measure it. And then, of course, make sure your goal is attainable. Like you had mentioned earlier the Amazon rainforest. You want it to be reforested. That's absolutely a lofty goal that might not be attainable for you or I to accomplish or remove. I love this. People want to remove plastic from the oceans. I do too, but as a single person, I almost might be setting myself up for failure if I made that my goal. So yeah, I think there is something to be said for breaking your big goal into smaller parts and measuring your successes and failures to keep you on track for 12 entire months
1: absolutely and and a lot of that actually really resonated with me especially kind of like you know the, like the plastic goal for example which is one that I'd set and, and it's such a little change right just like your snacks when you go out or you know just pack them in a reusable container uh, it really does add up and and it really gets you a lot closer to that lofty goal that you would set right so everyone everyone should kind of listen to that little snippet that you just uh that you just gave it's yeah fantastic
0: I know you had mentioned the importance of telling others about your resolution, but I'm wondering if you have any other tips and tricks to stay motivated when the going gets tough, when the joy and the excitement of the resolution wears off and obstacles get in the way and things get hard. How can we all stay motivated and our eye on the prize in 2021?
1: Well, something I do is um, this is semi recent actually I like to try to ground myself. I think grounding yourself whenever you feel like you might be losing ba- or you know losing touch with some intentions you would set and uh, I think that's incredibly important. so something I do is take a few deep breaths and I kind of think about the where the world's going and i um I don't like to do this a lot, especially not with uh, communication with other people, but I, I scare myself a little bit and I kind of think about what will happen if people don't band together and, and make positive changes. And um, and then it starts to remind me like, okay, it might seem little, but it's ever important, endlessly important. And it really starts to, I don't know, it, it wakes me up a bit. And I think it's the same as, you know, sort of grounding with any, in any sort of physical sense. So, um, and, and, and there's actually a very specific thing that I like to think about, or I don't like to think about it, but it helps me remember the importance of this when times get tough. And that's that, um, you know, in the past, Fifty or so years, we've essentially killed over two thirds of all wildlife on Earth. And at the same rate, I might have to talk to my children when I'm in my 60s about deer and turtles as if they were dinosaurs, and they might learn about them in the same way I read about dragons as if they were fantasy, and that. It really just reminds me that whatever had been distracting me at the time, whatever would be kind of taking me off course, is really not that important in the grand scheme of things. And those little changes, just taking a few minutes out of my day to to make sure I pick up those pieces of trash in my walk, that's it's really um, peanuts. Um, and and it's, it gets me back on my path.
0: Mm. It's okay to pivot, right? Like If you get to May, June, July, and things aren't... <laughs> going the way you had hoped. Maybe the resolution you chose wasn't specific enough, or maybe it was too specific, or maybe it was too lofty. It's okay mid, mid-year mid to pivot and either change it up completely or tweak it. The goal in eco-friendly living is never perfection, because I would argue that perfection is just unattainable.
1: Uh, Not my quote, so I got to keep myself honest, but perfection is the enemy of progress.
0: Oh, I like it. I think that's a perfect transition into Impact Snacks and what you are doing with your company. And by the way, kudos to you, 20-year-old CEO. That's amazing. I'm going to ask you why, at 20 years old, you decided to start Impact Snacks after a quick word from this week's sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are nine months into a global pandemic, and the holidays are just around the corner, so it is no surprise that my stress levels have skyrocketed. That's why I chose BetterHelp for support. BetterHelp assessed my needs and matched me with a licensed professional therapist. From my first session, I could tell my counselor's priority was helping me cope with the demands of motherhood pandemics, and everything in between. I love that our meetings are done via phone or video, so taking care of me fits within my busy life, and I never have to hire a babysitter or sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. The best part? help is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash minimal. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by visiting betterhelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash minimal. And we're back with Corey Noble, co-founder of Impact Snacks. Corey, talk to me about why it was important for you to start this company.
1: So one, I, you know, I love business. I always have, it's not just business as in like the financial side of it, but like making things right and making things for other people. And and that's all that I've pretty much ever uh, really focused on with my co-founder. Uh, we met in sixth grade. We were making all sorts of different businesses, you know, from mobile games to pre-owned sneaker marketplaces, a bunch of weird crazy stuff. As cliche as it sounds, it really got to the point where we were, were doing this fun stuff in business. We were making things, but we're like, okay, well, you know, we we could sit here and come up with ideas, general ideas all day and make random stuff all day. But what's it really going to do? What's like the impact going to be? And it, it really didn't feel like there was this this purpose. And I knew mean, there had to be something more important than helping people buy pre-owned Jordan ones, right? Not, not that that's not valuable. It just, it wasn't for me, right? So we had a company called Geoprotein at the time. And we started looking at the positive and negative impact of Geoprotein. And even as small as we were, and, you know, we're smaller than small, um, things started piling up. So, for example, we had these like PBFY plastic mailers, maybe like thousands of them. And this was still in the time where I didn't know a lot about the world of, uh, you know, environmental sustainability, climate change, what have you. And I really it got concerning because I was like, wait a minute, if this is how much plastic we're using, How much plastic are the big ones using? And that kind of sparked our journey into researching this, finding people that were knowledgeable in the subject. And gosh, it was eye-opening. We kind of reached the conclusion that we wanted to make traditional products, things like what Geoprotein was making, like protein powders and protein bars, completely waste free and completely carbon negative and like actually carbon negative, not like uh, the world of greenwashing, which we also, you know, discovered for the first time. Uh, Yeah, it was really was a mission to kind of like challenge single use, challenge waste and, and really either use waste as a resource or make sure it kind of goes back into the earth in the same form as, you know, we took it out.
0: One of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you specifically about eco friendly New Year's resolutions is because Impact Snacks makes it an awful lot easier for consumers to turn away from single use plastic without any disruption in their (laughs) normal day, their normal routine. There's no, they're not sacrificing anything. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies send me food. (laughs) They want me to try their food. And then they want me, if I like it, to talk about it on social media or talk about it on the podcast. And your bars are one of the few food items that have been sent to me that actually taste good. (laughs) So thank you. The product is so good that I actually want to talk about it. Some things I get and I'm like, oh, I can't in good conscience uh, recommend this. But there's so many good things about impact snack bars. The first is they taste good. The second is the packaging. And that's what I really want to go to next. On the wrapper, they indicate that They are made of 100% bioplastic. So I'm hoping you can break that down for me. If the compostable packaging technology is there, why are more companies not adopting it?
1: So yeah, and and thank you for the the feedback on on the flavor. Again, it's all about matching the functionality of the products we're trying to replace, right? Yeah, so what's a bioplastic? So. Uh, A bioplastic or a bio-based plastic, essentially a polymer that's created using bio-based oils uh, instead of uh, petroleum, which is the base for uh, essentially plastics as we know it. Um, And uh, the plastics industry is historically, you know, it's responsible for 8 to 10 percent of the global oil industry. Um, And it really is a core part of how we built the modern world bioplastics essentially take the properties of petroleum and try to emulate them using oils that can be created with plants like corn. Um, you can do it with things like pulp or um, you can move over to the world of cellulose, which is, you know, cellulose, uh, that's the way to think of that. I mean, it's the most uh, abundant, um, you know, uh, it's it's literally like the most abundant structure that we can use to create these these polymers or polymer lookalikes because it essentially makes up almost all of uh, a plant cell walls and so uh, whenever you look outside you're looking at a whole lot of cellulose and um, the interesting thing about cellulose is uh, well it's incredibly fibrous and it can be created in a way that literally you could you could feel it and it feels like a petroleum based plastic um, because of how dense you can uh, you know create it uh, how dense you can make it and how essentially complex its natural structure is, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, trees, plants, they already have so many complex, you know, structures and, and kind of this these, these complex inner workings that are crafted by nature. And so I guess I say all this to say that Many cellulose wrappers are actually more functional than petroleum-based plastics because of things that nature did that we don't really understand uh, as much as we'd like to say. And it's all about trying to emulate yeah, the properties of of petroleum and what petroleum has been able to do in in building the modern world. And so it's like, okay, well, if if, if cellulose is so abundant and if you can make uh, oils that match petroleum with all these natural substances – then, then why on earth are the big companies not not changing? And you know, it's a really good question. And 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 more often than not, unfortunately, the answer is because they don't want to. It's not that bio-based plastics are inherently more inherently more expensive than petroleum-based plastics. That's not true. While they are today, it's just because they haven't seen received the same level of investment. Meaning just a decade ago, everyone was saying, oh, like solar energy can't be, you know, it can't replace fossil fuels. It's more expensive per kilowatt hour. It's this, it's that. Well, no, that was just because, you know, 99% of all energy generated was with fossil fuels. So that's where all the investment dollars went. And all of a sudden when people started investing in solar, it got more and more efficient. And now solar energy is cheaper than fossil fuels in almost every single major world market. So the same exact thing it's not just going to happen. It is happening in the world of bioplastics. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before before they either, uh, they being the big corporations, um, adopt it or uh, kind of get left behind. Because there's a whole host of startups that are proving really how easy it is to make these transitions and how easy it is to really just um, work with nature to create products that are functional. Um, and consumers are taking notice and kind of the information age is allowing consumers to make that decision and kind of see that distinction. Hmm.
0: What I hear you saying is that sustainability is really embedded into every aspect of your business. I see a lot of times, not just in foods or snacks, but in fashion, in all industries, companies are adopting sustainable or eco-friendly practices, but so many of them are doing it as an afterthought so they don't get left behind. But I don't hear that happening on your end, you started with a vision of eco-friendliness. So you're not, you know, inserting it to be relevant or God forbid to greenwash.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of companies that claim to be carbon neutral or carbon negative or sustainable or whatever word they choose to use or term, they're really, unfortunately, oftentimes using those kind of buzzwords to to kind of hide. And um, oftentimes they use cheap carbon credits to retroactively offset their negative impact instead of addressing the root of the problem and making physical changes in their supply chain, physical changes in their product. So it's really important when you're assessing a company and you're trying to get to the root of whether or not they're sustainable and whether or not they're, they're altruistic to say, are they being proactive? Or are they being um, retroactive about their sustainability initiatives
0: Mm, I love that. And I will just say for anyone listening who feels as though it's just way too confusing, way too time consuming, way too difficult to discern the companies doing it right from the companies who are doing it as an afterthought, I would say just go to the company's website as a little trick and determine whether sustainability or their sustainability efforts are front and center on the website. (laughs) Or do you have to click around for a really long time to find their environmental commitment? And if you do, is it a very ambiguous paragraph or is there an awful lot of details involved? I would say that's Step one for anybody listening who doesn't even know where to start their research.
1: The only one talking about their sustainability initiatives is their PR firm, then there might be some problems.
0: Well, Corey, where can listeners find Impact Snacks?
1: Impactsnacks.co. If you kind of want to support the mission and really help us be a part of the change, the transition to, to a circular economy, um, it would be awesome if you bought some snacks and drop a note if, uh, if, if you you know, found our website, found the snacks uh, by listening to this podcast. And we'll send you a few extra goodies (laughs) along with that care package.
0: And just one final plug for eco-friendly New Year's resolutions. If you are still struggling when you're out on the go, perhaps you grab a snack bar, you grab a granola bar on your way, and then you have the, the packaging to contend with. Perhaps this is the year where you make your resolution to cut out single use and Impact Snacks is a great way to continue your grabbing of your granola bar and heading out the door without the guilt that comes with the single use packaging. Corey, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I just love talking to the next generation of. Changemakers, you all as a collective generation are doing some really amazing things. So thank you for all you're doing to preserve this earth for our children. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me and and letting me ramble. It's really been a lot of fun.
0: I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Corey Noble of Impact Snacks. You can find Impact Snacks, you can find all my eco-friendly resolutions, suggestions, in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 154. Quick thank you to everybody who has been leaving the show reviews, who has helped to tell a friend about The Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, I really appreciate all of you for spreading the good word. On next week's show, we are making our laundry routines more sustainable and eco-friendly. I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care, my friends.